Holy Father in heaven, blessed be thy holy name, O Lord. We are grateful to you that you have made us to be partakers of your heavenly kingdom by faith, because we know that by your grace, even now, we can live in that kingdom. Dear Father, we await the coming of our Lord, and we pray, Father, that this time, as we go through your words in this devotion, that we shall be prepared and made ready that our characters shall be fashioned into the image of our Lord Jesus. Grant us all of your spirit and put your words in my mouth that I may speak blessings to everyone who is listening. Build us up, O Lord. Edify us and strengthen us. Help us, Lord, that the fruits of the Holy Spirit shall be revealed in our lives. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, November 23 The First Dorcas Now, there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. Acts chapter 9 verse 36 At Joppa, which was near Lida, there lived a woman named Dorcas, whose good deeds had made her greatly beloved. She was a worthy disciple of Jesus, and her life was filled with acts of kindness. She knew who needed comfortable clothing and who needed sympathy, and she freely ministered to the poor and the sorrowful. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died. Hearing that Peter was at Lida, the believers sent messengers to him. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him, weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made, while she was with them. The apostle's heart was touched with sympathy as he beheld their sorrow. Then, directing that the weeping friends be sent from the room, he kneeled down and prayed fervently to God to restore Dorcas to life and health. Dorcas had been of great service to the church, and God saw fit to bring her back from the land of the enemy, that her skill and energy might still be a blessing to others, and also that by this manifestation of his power, the cause of Christ might be strengthened. Let the children and youth Learn from the Bible how God has honored the work of the everyday toiler. Let them read of Jesus the carpenter and Paul the tent maker, who with the toil of the craftsman linked the highest ministry, human and divine. Let them read of the lad whose five loaves were used by the Savior in that wonderful miracle for the feeding of the multitude, of Dorcas the seamstress called back from death that she might continue to make garments for the poor, of the wise woman described in the Proverbs who seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands, who stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, 
reacheth forth her hands to the needy. Of such a one, God says, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is The First Dorcas. And as we have just read in devotion, you can find the story in the book of Acts chapter 9, verse 36 to 42. I would not read it because the devotion we read already contains the story itself. So, what lessons can we learn from Dorcas? Firstly, we realize that this woman was not a preacher of the word. I don't know whether she knew the word as Peter would know it. Most likely, she didn't. Most likely, she was not a Paul, neither was she a Peter or Stephen or or Philip. She was not an apostle. Like we usually sing in our song, if you cannot preach like angels, if you cannot preach like Paul, you can tell the love of Jesus, you can hold the prophet's hands. There are other ways which we can minister even if we do not know the scriptures back to back from cover to cover. And this woman, Dorcas, gives us another way to minister. And as we read in the devotion, let us read about how God honors the work of the everyday toiler. And Dorcas was part of the everyday toiler. She used her work to be a blessing to others. In fact, what the Bible says about her in Acts 9 verse 36 is that this woman was full of good works and alms did which she did. So, the first lesson for us is this. You may not be a preacher, but you can be full of good works. Good works now will mean the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5 verse 22 to 26. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, that's patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with their affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. The woman Dorcas we learn was filled with good works. And one thing that happens to anyone who is in Christ is that you will be filled with good works. What were the kind of good works? Like we read, she knew who needed sympathy and she knew how to give sympathy to those who need it. And this is a lesson we need to learn. A phone call comforting the grieving and giving encouragement to those who are struggling in sin and encouragement to those who are just daily toilers and urging them to press on to keep on in the right way. You may not be able to preach but you can show sympathy to various people in whatever work they are doing. Not only people who have lost a loved one but everyone needs sympathy. What does that sympathy mean? That is coming into the mind of the person, putting yourself in their situation and being able to encourage, to help, to also bless them. She was mighty in good works. She was kind. She was courteous. She was patient. She knows who to visit and how to bless them. Then again, she, the Bible says she had arms deeds. That means she usually gives. She wasn't just mighty in words by encouraging people, but even in works. She was a seamstress. She specifically singled out widows who couldn't take care of themselves or their children and she would of her own free will with her own expense make clothes for them. 
you may have money you may have the skill free work for people who are poor is still a way to minister to them but especially the word of god says that this work should be done for those who are of the household of faith and that was what dorcas was doing she was doing her good works to those who were of the household of faith believers in jesus who on account of their believing in christ perhaps had come to poverty had had losses or even if it was not on account of believing in christ they were just poor and she was helping them and also helping the widows what does the bible tell us about pure religion in the book of james chapter 1 james wrote very clearly on this matter in rebuke to the church at that time people who wouldn't do good works but yet be claiming to be of god james rebuked them and he said in the book of james 1 reading from verse 27 pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Before this he had said to them, If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. So if we are not, if we are claiming to be religious and in our words we cannot sympathize with people, we are not doing good works, our religion is vain. Doka's religion was not vain, it showed in her character and she was a blessing to the people. And what did it lead to? When she died, I can only imagine the weeping and you need to imagine it too. The widows, when she died, they knew that Peter was living close by in the next city or so, Lida, and they sent for him. Why did they send for him? Intentionally, they did not bury Dorcas. They wanted her back to life. They prayed and they called Peter, please. They didn't bury her. They washed her body and left it in the upper room. The normal thing they would do is to bury the person that is dead immediately. But not so with Dorcas. Their faith went beyond the grave and they said, no, this woman, we want her back. And in Acts chapter 9 verse 39, it says, Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber and all the widows stood by him, weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. As I read this passage, I can imagine the tears of these women, the widows bringing those clothes to Peter and every time they touch those clothes they remember Dorcas how she gave them these clothes for their children and even for themselves and they are telling Peter this woman did so much good to us and now she's gone and Peter was touched the lesson we learn from here is that we should leave a mark on the minds of people when we are on this earth that when we go they also may remember us for good works. Dorcas wasn't doing this so that she could be remembered and so that people would cry for her when she dies or something. But the fact is that God has placed a blessing on those who do such a work. And the fact that these people did not bury Dorcas but were expecting a resurrection for Dorcas is something remarkable. And Peter himself went in, kneeled down, prayed and Dorcas arose. He said to her, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. And, and it came to pass that he tarried many days in Joppa with one Simon at Tana. Amen. Another lesson we learn from here 
is that we are to think of ways to do good. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah 32 verse 8, But the liberal deviseth liberal things, and by liberal things shall he stand. I take that again. The liberal deviseth, that is imagines, they keep thinking about it. They deviseth liberal things, but by, and by liberal things shall he stand. How did Docker stand? From her death by liberal things. Conflict and Courage, page 334, paragraph 4, tells us Dorcas had been of great service to the church, and God saw fit to bring her back from the land of the enemy, that her skill and energy might still be a blessing to others, and also that by this ministration of his power, the cause of Christ might be strengthened. Amen. End of quote. You see, it is true that men are not indispensable. You who are listening, I who am speaking. We are not indispensable. God can do without us. God can do without us. And if we cease to give him service, he is able to raise of the stones those who will do service for him. Having said this, it is also true that the Lord has promised that those who will give themselves to his service will get special favors from him. If we make ourselves useful to God and active in his service, we make the best use of our life and our time and the prayers of others can save us. The prayers of these widows was what helped for Dorcas to be resurrected. God can, in behalf of others whom we have helped, and in answer to their prayers, help us. In a world where the harvest is ripe, and the laborers are few, and the Lord is in great need of laborers, will he not spare the lives of those who have made sacrifices so that they can be laborers for him to do the work? I think he will. And I know why. The book of Psalms 41 verse 1 to 3 confirms what I'm saying. It says, Blessed is he that considereth the poor, not just those who are poor financially, but those who are poor spiritually. And it goes on to say, The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. And he shall be blessed upon the earth, and thou wilt not deliver him unto the will of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. Thou will make his bed in his sickness. Amen. So what is the promise of the Lord to those who remember the poor? And who are the poor? The poor in spirit and also the poor financially. If you will make sacrifices financially and with your skills and even making sacrifices to preach the word of God to the poor, the Lord says he will remember you. Not that you will not get sick. He says even in your sickness, the Lord will remember you. And even if you die, what does he say? He will make your bed in your sickness. Making the bed could also mean you resurrect you, coming out of the sickness. Or even if you die from that sickness, you will be in his kingdom. By these good works of remembering the poor, Dorcas was resurrected. What can the Lord say you are good for that will make him spare your life? You know, Jesus told a parable in the book of Luke of how decisions are made in the heavenly courts. In the book of Luke chapter 13, some people came to meet Jesus telling him of some people who were making sacrifices and um, it says there that Pilate mingled their blood with their sacrifices. In Luke 13 verse 1, it says there were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate mingled with their sacrifices. And Jesus answering said unto them, Suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all Galileans, because they suffered such things? I tell you, nay, 
but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Or those eighteen upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, nay, but except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. Now listen to this parable. He said to them, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon, and found none. Then he said unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down, why cumber it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. What does it mean to cut the tree down? What does the tree represent? Jesus didn't explain his parable, it is self-explanatory. That tree represents us, it's you, it's me. And what is the donging of that tree? The donging of the tree is what Jesus is trying to do for us. If you have been living on this earth, you are cumbering the ground if after your life you are not bringing forth fruit. Have you been listening to sermon after sermon, yet there is no fruit of the sermon in your life, there is no change of life, there is no good works coming out of you? Then there's a question, why cumber it in the ground? Of what purpose is your life to God? Of what benefit will the Lord have if he spares your life? That's the question I'm trying to ask. In Dorcas's life, there was benefit to resurrect her. God knew that she will continue in the good works and she was instrumental to the cause of God. How about you? If the question was asked about you, will there be something that the Lord will say about you that this is the reason why I should not allow this person to die or I should bring him out of his sickness or bring her out of a sickness? Is there something that the Lord can hold on to as a fruit in your life and say, I see fruit, let us spare him this year also? We need to contemplate this. While it is true that it doesn't mean that anybody who is wicked and is not bearing fruit, the Lord is going to kill the person. Of course, that's not what it means. The primary interpretation of that parable is a spiritual one. That if God sees that we are not bearing fruit, firstly, there's no need. The Holy Spirit may be taken away from you, which is even worse than normal death itself because that is death forever. But then in the other sense too, if you look at what happened that made Jesus to tell this parable, it was physical death. People had died. The tower had fallen upon people and they died and others, Pilate mingled their blood with their sacrifices. He killed them. It was this that led Jesus to tell this parable. So yes, this parable also points to our own present life. It means that if God is not seeing fruit in your life and in my life, if we are not doing things that are beneficial to him and to the rest of the world, then why is he sparing your life? Dorcas' life was spared because she was bearing fruit. If you bear fruit, the Lord can also do the same for you. That doesn't mean that righteous people don't die. The Bible tells us that the righteous is taken away and the merciful are taken away too because of the trouble to come. And evil things happen to good people, yes, and even some wicked people, their life is prolonged. But the Lord says in his word, this may be exceptional cases, but the Lord says in his word that those who are laborers together with him, that he gives them special favors. Even when they are sick, he will lift them up. He will spare their lives because they are bearing fruit. So it's a lesson for us. Do not take your life for granted. The Lord is checking me and he's checking you. And the question is being asked, is he bearing fruit? If it is not, 
the question is asked why then is he cumbering the ground but the lord says i will continue let's spare it this year also and our lives are being spared the lord is working harder and harder on our lives to see whether something good will come out but a time comes when if he sees that there's no fruit he says cut it down while cumbering the ground may that not be our portion but then it will only not be our portion if like dorcas we are bearing fruit unto good works and arms deeds in the book of second timothy chapter 1 reading from verse 16 to 18 it says the lord give mercy unto the house of onesiphorus who is this man onesiphorus he is like the male version of dorcas it says for he oft refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain but when he was in rome he sought me out very diligently and found me that is paul talking now the lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the lord in that day and in how many things he ministered unto me in at ephesus thou knowest very well amen so paul was giving to this man onesiphorus the blessing of our prophet the bible says in the book of matthew 10 verse 40 to 42 he that receiveth you receiveth me and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me he that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward and he that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward and whosoever shall give to drink unto one of the, these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple verily i say unto you he shall in no wise lose his reward onesiphorus was in no wise going to lose his reward and so was it for dorcas and so will it be for you who was onesiphorus taking care of was he taking care of one wicked person then no he was taking care of a prophet of the lord and more than a prophet an apostle of the lord paul and paul pronounced a blessing on onesiphorus and what is the greatest blessing that can be for you that the lord will remember you in that day second timothy 1 verse 18 it says the lord grant unto him that he may find mercy of the lord in that day and in how many things he ministered unto me at ephesus thou knowest very well onesiphorus was not an apostle he was no preacher he was no man of god or missionary or evangelist but he sought out paul so diligently that even when paul was in prison in rome he went to rome to look for paul to do good things to paul there is a blessing here pronounced on onesiphorus like i said earlier you may not be paul but you can be Dorcas. You may not be Peter, but you can be Onesiphorus. You can do good works to those who are preaching the word of God, to those who are of the household of faith, not necessarily those who are preaching. Like Dorcas was not necessarily for those who were preaching. She was for the widows and for the poor, and she was blessing them. And the Lord said, this woman bears much fruit, and he saw fit to resurrect her and to spare her life. The Lord can spare your life too for the same thing. Like I'm saying again, you can, you may not be that preacher, but you can be like Dorcas, you can be like Onesiphorus, and the blessing of the prophet will be yours, and you will secure especially the greatest blessing of being in the kingdom of God. May the Lord give us the grace to put these things into practice, is my prayer. Let us pray. Dear Lord in heaven, thank you so much for these lessons that we have learned. The question may be asked of us, why cumbereth eats the ground? Lord, we may be in a position now where we are not bearing any fruit at all. Decisions may be made that there is no point in sparing our lives if we are sick. 
Lord, please spare our lives. Have mercy upon us. As you spared the life of Dorcas, please help us. I pray, Lord, that you would grant to us of your spirit that we may be filled with good works, good works and alms deeds like Dorcas. There are many who may not be preachers like Paul and Peter. Lord, I pray that by the good works they do, you may write it down in your book and be a blessing continually to them. Help us, Lord, in these things. Forgive us for the times when we have stifled our hearts from doing good. Help us, Lord, to practice pure religion, to do good to the widows, to the orphans, and to the needy, and also especially to those who are of the household of faith. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers, and thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.